0: in D.C., you would find about 190 little buildings there. They're called embassies. And within those buildings, there are representatives, and they are representing the foreign countries from which they come, from where they're residents, citizens. But in each of those embassies is the leader or the uh, ambassador. And this person represents the interest of the head of state in his home country and he's here or she, whichever it is, they're not a citizen, they're not at home here in the United States, they're a citizen of another country and that person is the ambassador or the representative of their home country to the United States of America. Philippians has some interesting verses in it about us as Christians. And the preceding verse to what I'm going to read, you don't need to turn there. I'm just moving through a number of different books. But preceding the verses I'm going to read, it talks about those who citizenship is here on the earth, people who are content here. It says their destiny is the destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame, and their mind is on earthly things. Then in contrast to that, it says, but we the blood-bought saints of Jesus Christ, but we eagerly await a Savior from heaven. says, I missed a verse. But our citizenship is in heaven. All right. So just as the head of state or the representative of the head of state of a foreign country, you choose whatever, is serving as an ambassador to the United States in Washington, D.C., we are serving as ambassadors for the country of our primary citizenship, heaven, here on this earth. And scripture says in Philippians 3 and verse 20, but in contrast to those whose mind is on earthly things, our citizenship is in heaven. And out of that, we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Jesus Christ. Now, we are awaiting a Savior from there. We're awaiting his second coming. Because you know he already came the first time. For God so loved the world that he gave the only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. So we know John 3, 16, the verse that most of us probably know and learned early in life. God sent Jesus Christ to come, to live, to suffer, to die, to be resurrected, to ascend, and to intercede for us. But we are awaiting his second coming because he's coming to us from our home country to take us back with him to our home country. Now, we haven't seen it yet, but we see it by faith. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But this Lord Jesus Christ is coming back, and he's coming back with power. He came as a lamb. He's coming back as Lord of lords, king of kings, and judge of all the earth. And he's coming back by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. And he will transform our lowly bodies so they will be like his glorious, glorified, resurrected body. Are we looking forward to that? Yes. I invite you now to turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5 for our text this morning. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. And we'll drop in at verse 11 now as i read these verses as we look at them together remember we are considering them in the context of what we've already considered that we are citizens of heaven as blood-bought saints of jesus christ and we are simply now ambassadors or representatives of our home country to this country of our secondary citizenship Wherever God calls us to be in the world, verse eleven. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, and knowing what it means to have a reverent fear of the Lord, we persuade men, and we are made manifest unto God. I trust also are made manifest unto your consciences, in your consciences, for if we commend not ourselves again to you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, and whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. For he that died for all, Jesus Christ, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Therefore, because of this, Henceforth we know no man after the flesh. Yea, though we had known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more in that way. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, which, unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now verse 20, our text verse. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you, in Christ did, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin, or a sin offering for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So here we are this morning, and if you're a blood-bought saint of Jesus Christ, that is this is the commission on your life. We are called to spend our time, whatever we do, whatever we're doing, however we're doing it, in service for Him, and as we go about our daily activities of providing for ourselves, providing for our families, serving others, Wherever we find ourselves in, the overriding and primary goal of our lives is to be sharing the message of Jesus Christ, inviting others to be reconciled to God through him. Therefore, we are ambassadors for God in the work, joining in Jesus Christ in reaching out and drawing and inviting saints to come and to know him. Someone has said... We are not able to take, how is this? We may not be able to take the whole, to bring the whole world to Christ, but we are called to take Christ to the whole world. Let him show, let him show and flow through our lives to everyone we meet. And then the choice of everyone is to accept or reject the plan of salvation once they come to know the knowledge of the blood of Jesus Christ is the only way to have our sins washed away and to be reconciled to God and to be made right with him and live a life of peace and joy that follows that. 2 Corinthians 6.1 says this, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that ye have not re- received not the grace of God in vain. So it's calling us to to appropriate the grace of God in our lives, share with others, and invite them not to allow the grace of God that's offered to them to be in vain. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says, For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. That's an interesting verse. So we enter into this labor with God. We are laborers together with God. We are God's husbandry, we are, we are His work, we are the workmanship of His hands, And we are God's building as part of the church, as part of the body. We are fitly framed together, Ephesians, for the building up of the whole. So we'll have a number of points this morning. And the first one is the ambassador's allegiance. And I invite you to Hebrews 11 for consideration of the ambassador's allegiance. Hebrews 11, you recognize that as the faith chapter. And we're going to look at Abraham and Sarah as examples of allegiance to God. We'll drop in at verse 8 of Hebrews 11, and we find this. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang... There even of one and of him as good as dead, as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. For these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but have seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And that's key. The ambassador has always in the forefront of his mind that he is a stranger or she is a stranger or a pilgrim. This world is not our home. We're simply passing through. Okay? For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they've been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. We'll stop reading there at verse 16. So Abraham was not only on a physical journey when God called him out of Haran and uh, to to follow him into a land of promise. Abraham was not only on a physical journey, but he was also on a spiritual journey, and that's true for us as well. As we physically journey through this life, we are also on a spiritual journey, and we continue to seek God's will for that spiritual direction. They lived as temporary residents. We notice that their In verse 9, actually I started reading a few at 11, I should have started at 8. Let me back up to 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place where he should afterward receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whether he went. And by faith he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, with heirs of him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Those verses I missed at the beginning. So Abraham was on a physical journey. He was on a spiritual journey, and he was living as a temporary residence. It said he was one who sojourned in the land of promise. That's, That's just moving from place to place. He was on a journey. An interesting thing about Abram was God didn't tell him exactly where he was going to end up, but God said, you follow me. And that is so true in our spiritual journey of life as well. We're not exactly sure where it's going to end up. If someone would have sat down with us when we came to know the Lord at youth or whenever it was and said, here are all the steps God's going to lead you through, it may have seemed overwhelming. But as we follow God step by step, day by day, and he leads, he provides, he shows us the way and he provides grace and strength for the day that we face. We notice that heaven's ambassador looks forward in anticipation. Abraham looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And we know the foundation of that city he's looking for is made of stone. And it's a permanent thing. And something about Abraham's journey that has impressed me, as, as Abraham journeyed, he lived in tents. that was symbolic of his sojourn. They could easily be moved. But there was one thing that Abraham built of stone. And that was his altar. Abraham's worship signified the permanence of the city he was going for. He built his altar of stone. Heaven's ambassador has a long-term vision. One of my favorite verses is verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. These Old Testament patriarchs were looking forward to that Savior that was to come. All of those sacrifices in the Old Testament, all the blood that was shed, and all the ritual they went through was pointing forward to that permanent sacrifice whose blood would take away the sin of the world, Jesus Christ. All those Old Testament sacrifices was only a covering of sin and a reminder of their sin. But Jesus Christ came and he shed his precious lifeblood and the blood of Jesus Christ takes away our sin. It doesn't just cover it. It takes it away. Praise God. And these all died in faith looking for that promise in the Old Testament, but it hadn't got there yet. But they had seen it afar off, and we're persuaded that the promises were true. That is faith. Looking at something that is so far away, we can't actually see it yet. But we're persuaded it's true, and we pursue it by faith. And not only did they pursue those promises, they embraced them. If you ever attempted to embrace something that was so far away, you couldn't even see it. <laughs> the only way you can embrace something like that is by faith. And they confessed. Confess is an interesting word. It's simply in the Greek. It means to same say. They agreed with the fact that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. That's what they were doing. He has a long-term vision, Heaven's Ambassador. Heaven's Ambassador is one who has had a change of citizenship, a change of allegiance, and he moves forward with no desire to go back. And the scripture points that out in verses 15, 14 and 15. It said, these things, people who live this way declare plainly by their life that they're seeking a country that's beyond what we can see. In verse 15 basically says, if they had been thinking of the country they'd left, they had opportunity to turn around and go back. But that was not in their directives of their lives. And because they were pursuing that heavenly kingdom and they were representing that kingdom as God's ambassador to the to the earthly country in which they were living, it says, therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God if he has prepared that city for them. Jesus says, another one of our favorite passages, that I go to prepare a place for you that where you are, that where I am, there you may be also. You see... If you took Jesus out of heaven, what would you have? The glory of heaven will be being in the presence of God and the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And you read the book of Revelations and and all the beings there are falling on their faces in, in honor and in worship and praise and glory. And it says, because we are willing to live as citizens of heaven, our allegiance is in heaven... Our allegiance is toward heaven, and we are serving as ambassadors to those around us. God is not ashamed to be called our God. Jesus said very plainly in the Gospels, If any person is ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of him in representing or interceding for in his behalf to the Father. So it calls us not to be ashamed of our Christian experience, not to be ashamed of our identity as citizens of heaven, And not to be ashamed to stand up for the cause of Christ in every situation we face in life. You see, the children of Israel was also called out on a journey towards the promised land. But it wasn't long till they began longing to go back to Egypt. Longing to go back. We are not to do that. Don't turn to go back. The second point is the ambassador's message. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. We'll drop in at verse 34. Now here's Peter preaching. And Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation... He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So the call of the ambassador is worldwide. It's universal. There is no one who is outside of the possibility of becoming a child of God. Jesus died for everyone. The scripture tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to what? Repentance. Repentance is the catalyst into salvation, is faith in God, repenting of our sins, and a new and a changed life. But God wants everyone to come before the cross of Jesus Christ in repentance. Pick up reading here where we left off. The word which God has sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know, was published throughout all Judea. He began and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. And God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went out doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses. The ambassador is a witness of the things he has experienced in his home country. And we are witnesses of all things which he hath did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. And God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead and to give all the and to him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins so that is the ambassador's message it's a message of universal worth It's there for all people because God is not willing that any should perish, but that we should all come to faith and repentance in him. And verse 42 says that when Jesus ascended, well, it's not saying that, it's referring to that. When Jesus ascended in Acts 1, 8 through 11, I believe, he said, go into all the world. Start in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and uttermost part of the world. We start at home. Our witness must be strong at home. Moving to a new location won't make us a better witness. We need to be a witness wherever we are at. In verse 42 of Acts 10 says, "And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he, Jesus Christ, who was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead when he comes back in power, and to give to all the and to him give all the prophets witness." That through his name, whosoever believeth on him shall receive the remission of sins. So all the Old Testament prophets were prophesying, were pointing forward to this Lamb of God, the one who was to come. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Isaiah 55. We see more of the ambassador's message back in the book of the Old Testament. The, the evangelistic book of the Old Testament, Isaiah 55. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come, buy and eat, yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and la- your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Herein your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. The word ho here, or come, however you have it in your Bible, means stop, pay attention. Look, this is what we have. He says, are you thirsty? Yes. If we don't have Jesus in our life, there's an emptiness there. There's a thirst there that nothing else can quench. God created all of us with a void in our lives that only the presence of Jesus Christ through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit can fill. He said, you can't buy it. It's a gift from God. We receive it by giving ourselves to him. Come, you have no money. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without price. And he asked the question, he said, why are you spending, uh, Isaiah is speaking to the people of Israel, he said, why are you spending your money and your labor for that which doesn't satisfy? Hearken diligently into the message that I have for you. Come and eat that is good. Seek God. Let your soul delight itself in fatness. We, it's, it's an earnest plea that the ambassador is sharing here. Verse 3, incline your ear, come to me. Here in your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even in the sure mercies of David. So the ambassador's message is a message of an everlasting covenant. Of entering into relationship with God through Christ. And experiencing eternal life through him. Verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. The ambassador's message is urgent. Do it today. The scripture says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. Tomorrow we may not have the opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. So the ambassador's message is urgent. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. For our God... And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. The ambassador's message is a message that calls for dramatic change. And out of that dramatic change will come the experience of abundant forgiveness. If we forsake the wicked way and our, our wicked thoughts and turn to the Lord, and says, He will have mercy upon him and our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God will take whatever we bring to him and lay it down at the foot of the cross. And take care of it. He will abundantly pardon. And he will exchange the burden of our sin for the joy of the Lord. Verses 8 through 11 here and follow up and saying, The ambassador must often, not often, always walk by faith and not by, not by sight. God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than yours, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven returneth not hither, thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it flower and bud, and we give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so is my word that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing wherein I send it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth with you in singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name and an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. ambassador must walk by faith and not by sight. Just as Abraham embraced the things that he couldn't see, but he followed them because he knew the word of God. Was true. Maybe we feel like, well, we've been sowing, we've been sharing the word, and it doesn't seem like it's bringing back the harvest that we wish that it would. Wait, wait upon the Lord. His ways are higher than our ways, as the heavens are higher than the earth. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, but He promised us that His word that goes out is just like the rain that comes down and, re- and refreshes the earth and brings forth. The word of God will bring forth fruit as it falls into the ears and hearts of people and allow it to take root and bring forth fruit in their lives. The ambassador's life, the third point. The life of the ambassador, we find that in verse 12, should be a life of joy. It says, we will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. That comes out of the life of surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We're working with Him. We're working for Him. We're following His leading through the, through the indwelling presence of the Spirit. And in that, we can have joy, we can have rest, and we can have peace. The last time I preached here, I believe I asked one of the brethren to lead uh, the song, My Shepherd Shall Supply My Need, the third verse of that song is one of my favorite verses of music it talks about where the the songwriter said he had found a settled rest in god he said while others come and go he'd found a settled rest like a child at home and that's what we find in jesus christ a settled rest like a child at home contentment and joy the word joy is used 161 times in the bible the ambassador's life is to be a life of joy it's also to be a life of blessing. Instead instead of thorns will come up fir trees. Instead of briars will come up myrtle trees. and it shall be a sign of the Lord for a name, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So the life of the ambassador is to be a life of joy, a life of peace, and a life of blessing. And we come to the some subpoints under the life of the ambassador. The life of the ambassador is a changed life. We've already read that. I'll read that again. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Was that your experience when you came to know Christ as your Savior? Life became new. I remember for me, it, the grass was greener and the sky was bluer and the birds sang better. And it was a dramatic change in my life when Jesus Christ came in and took residence in my heart. If any man in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Everything's new. Because Christ is in your life and you're doing it for him. The second point in the life, or the, the B point in the life of Christ, it is a life that gives evidence of knowing Jesus. And we go back to Acts four thirteen, just one verse there. And this is a setting where uh, these common men, the disciples of Jesus Christ, were preaching. As as the opposition said, they were turning the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Acts 4.13 says, Now when they had saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. The life of the ambassador gives evidence of knowing Jesus Christ. See, the life of the ambassador is a life that is consistent. Second Timothy three ten. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, and patience. Persecutions, afflictions which came to me at Antioch and Iconium in Lystra. What persecutions I endured but out of them all the Lord delivered me. So even in the difficulties of the life of the ambassador, God is there, and he delivers. And he heals. And some may question that. Well, when he doesn't deliver physically and our lives are taken because of our witness, that's a complete healing. God always heals. Sometimes it's here on this earth, but sometimes it's complete. And he takes us to be in his presence. Paul said, the Lord has delivered me out of all the persecutions that he had had. Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall shall suffer persecution. Yes, the ambassador will experience resistance as he promotes the cause of his home country. Expect it. Because the prince of the power of the air of this world is in opposition to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. See, I, I didn't even mention the word kingdom yet. We are representing the kingdom of Jesus Christ in the kingdoms of this world. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now verse 14 of 2 Timothy 3 says this, but continue thou. He's writing to this young believer, Timothy, or this young leader, Timothy, and said, but continue, persevere, keep on doing it. Thou and the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And from a child thou hast known in the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. How do we acquire the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God's ways and the salvation? It says here that we're able to become wise unto salvation through the holy scriptures, through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. That's another dramatic change that I experienced in my life when I became a Christian. The Word of God came alive. Things that seemed obscure before that made sense. It fit in. And I'm continued to be amazed the more I study the Scripture, the more I realize how little I know, because the more you know, the more you realize how much you don't know. And that's kind of how it works. I had the privilege of pastoring Brother Lloyd Horst in, later, in the later years of his life as he worked towards, as he worked towards, as he moved towards his final healing, and And he told me in his 80s, however old he was, he said, you know, he said, every time I read the scripture, I still see something new. And he'd spent his whole life preaching from the word of God. So the more we learn, the more we realize how much more we need to know. But the word of God comes alive to us through the indwelling presence of the spirit after we place our faith in Jesus Christ and become an ambassador for him. Why? Verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So this book, our Bible is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? As an ambassador, these are the things we need to share with those around us. As we're representing the kingdom of heaven and God in Jesus Christ, we need the word of God because as we're transformed by the work of God in our lives, we need doctrine, we need reproof, we need correction, we need instruction in righteousness. These are all part of growing in grace and knowledge of the truth. Why? Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, mature, growing, thoroughly furnished unto all good works." And then it goes on to talk about being fitly framed together and all of that. First Corinthians 15:58 says this, "Therefore my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord." For as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain, or your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So that's all under the point that the life of the ambassador is a life that is consistent. What if the representative from Mongolia or wherever was a little bit wishy washy He would represent the interest of his home country a while, and then he decided, you know what? I think I'm going to help the United States work against my home country. He probably wouldn't keep his job very long. Our life must be a life that is consistently representing the kingdom of Jesus Christ to the kingdoms of this world. And then the life of the ambassador is an unselfish life. Paul wrote to the believers at Corinth back in the 12th chapter of Second Corinthians. And preceding the verse I'm going to read, he said, He said, you, you have a lot of masters. You have a lot of people that want to be your teachers, but you don't have many fathers. What's the difference? He says, but I, in essence, Paul is saying, but I'm willing to be a father to you, and I will very gladly be spent, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. You see, the ambassador gives all he has for the cause. We're willing to spend and to be spent, to be used, to have our energies exhausted at times for the cause. Paul says, I'm willing to, I'm very glad to spend and to be spent for you. Even though it may not always result in appreciation. And he goes on to say, though, the more abundantly I love you, the less I'll be loved. Don't be surprised as you serve as an ambassador for the kingdom of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of this world if there are times when you are not loved for the message that you share. But you keep giving. You keep loving because the message you're sharing to those who oppose you has the potential to save their souls for eternity. That's why we don't give up. It has the potential to save their souls for eternity because Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. So in conclusion, all Christians are called to be ambassadors at all times, at work, at home, at school, while traveling, while serving, while on vacation. Am I any less an ambassador for Christ when I go to town for parts than I am when I do street ministry? No. You see, the way we relate to people in everyday life is the proof proof of the authenticity of our faith. Am I any less an ambassador for Christ when I'm a thousand miles from home where nobody that knows me will see me than I am when I'm on a street corner of court square hanging out tracks. No. You see, I'm still an ambassador. So the life of the ambassador is a consistent life. So may we also be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? For as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. May everyone we come in contact with in life see Jesus Christ within our lives and be compelled to investigate and pursue a relationship with Christ as well so we can all be together in the country of our primary citizenship, heaven, at the foot of the throne where we spend eternity praising and worshiping God and his son Jesus Christ.